Hello, welcome back to my channel, Family Tech, where you get all the tech tips, news, and information you didn't even know you needed. So today's guest, I'm super excited because I actually get this question a lot. Um, a lot of people are having a hard time parenting technology, let alone co-parenting technology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I called in a special guest, divorce coach, Michelle. I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what, what it is you do and everything. Sure. So I am Michelle Dempsey Maltak. I uh, I'm an author. I just wrote my first book on helping moms move through divorce. Uh, it's called Moms Moving On: Real Life Advice for Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. I'm a certified divorce specialist and co-parenting specialist. So I help women and their children move through the divorce process a little bit more easily and informed, so they can better understand the decisions they need to make long-term, not just what feels good in the short-term, help them put aside their emotions to make more child-focused decisions and adjust to co-parenting and especially in a high-conflict environment. I also have my podcast, Moms Moving On, and I do coaching. That's awesome. I think that's so needed too. I mean, I am a child of divorce. My my Same. parents divorced yeah, when I was about 12 or 13. I don't know, around there. Um, but totally... Um, you know, was not prepared. Like, I mean, I'd never went through any counseling or anything like that. Like, I think it could have gone a whole lot smoother if we had Same. someone well, like you. It's, yeah. And I think so much of my experience informs the work that I do now because, I mean, my parents were like a what not to do, like when it came right. to co-parenting and um, same, <laughs> you know, you're just throwing your children right into the divorce fire. But they also didn't know what they didn't know. And so that's why I'm here to help other people learn the important things that you must focus on when going through a divorce and the things that are really worth letting go so that you can focus on what's best for your children. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was 12. I'm, you know, so it's like 30 years ago and my parents still can't be in the same room together. <laughs> I'm so, with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching. Um, but let's go ahead and dig right into it because literally I get these types of questions all the time and I feel ill-prepared to, you know, I know the technology side of it, but I don't know the other side of it. And so, you know, this is going to be super, super helpful for me um, as I, especially as I help people try and co-parent technology. Yes. Um, so the first question I've got is what is the best way to get on the same page regarding technology as your former spouse? So it's really hard to get on the same page with a lot of things, okay. especially in the early stages of co-parenting, because if you had an easy time getting on the same page, you probably <laughs> wouldn't be getting divorced in the first That's place. probably true. And, you know, I think it really comes down to helping your child understand what's expected of them in both homes. Your ex, unless you put it in your parenting plan or your divorce agreement that like, one parent has to, has to ask the other if the child's allowed to use the iPad in either one's home, which nobody's going to do that. Sure. I think this is where you teach your child to respect the boundaries that the other parent puts in place. If the other parent, for whatever reason, is anti-technology, that's their home, that's their rules. But in this house, here's what we do. Now, where this gets muddy is when people will say you need to have the same protocol and discipline across the board. I don't yeah. believe in this because children know that these homes are different. They feel different. They function differently. 
And, you know, maybe my thing at mom's is to kick back and watch my iPad when I'm stressed. But with dad, he's always going to take me out and ride my bike with me, you know, so they adapt. And they, I think the important lesson there is teaching your child to respect either parents' rules. The other side to this is if you are dealing with a high conflict person, or both people are high conflict in the co-parenting relationship, you're probably going to come across some coercive control and co-parenting. And that looks like the other parent trying to control what goes on in your home, even though they don't live there anymore. And that can be really scary because you're like, I don't know what the right thing to do here is. They're telling me I'm a bad parent if I don't do things their way. I don't want to be a bad parent. I also want to keep the peace. So what's the right thing to do? And in all situations, the right thing to do is remember that like, you've been given the freedom to parent during your parenting time as you please. And the same goes for the other parent. That's actually a super smart thing that I really haven't considered. And I don't think a lot of people do consider that. They expect both households to run the same. Like, you know, my ex gave my kid this and that and whatever, and they're appalled and they don't know how to like manage it. And I'm like, that's so true. You know, this house is going to be different than my house. And that's what you need to And you have to rest comfortably in the discomfort of that. Otherwise, co-parenting will drive you nuts. I wrote a whole (laughs) chapter on the things that I initially let bother me when I started co-parenting my daughter when she was two. You know, whether or not she brushed her teeth before she had that last snack at the end of the day, whether or not she was doing her homework before or after TV. Like, you realize in the grand scheme of things, these little things are really just us trying to exert our control. And they also don't matter long-term. Like, will your child still be a thriving individual one day, God willing, if their parent lets them stay up a little later than you do? (laughs) Most likely, you know? So it's a matter of taking a step back and deciding, like, am I just trying to control out of fear? Or is this thing that the other parent doing really detrimental to their emotional and physical well-being? Yeah, that makes so much sense to me. So thank you for sharing that. Um, So that kind of actually leads into my next question too, is are there things that you should make sure are addressed in your decree, like regarding technology, like, and how specific should you get? You know, you said, you know, your iPad time at this house, you know, probably don't want to get that specific, but like, what should you include if you're still- What you should be specific with, you know, in today's day and age, kids are- FaceTiming their other parent when they're with one parent in order to keep in touch. And what you should include is not only those parameters for when the child is supposed to call the other parent, keep in touch. A lot of parenting plans include that the parent who is with the child will not interfere with that time, such as I'm not letting you call mommy because you've had too much time on the phone today, or you've been on the iPad all day give it back. And then the child's like, well, I didn't call mommy yet. And that parent's like too bad. So I think that's where the parameters need to be set. But if you are really concerned about how much iPad time the child is getting in the other home, you know, there are probably bigger things to worry about. I would just ask that the other parent keep an eye and monitor what's being watched. Is it appropriate? You know, that conversation can be had. Like, I don't want our child watching adult YouTube. I only want our child watching kids YouTube. Can we agree on that? You know, even if you're anti YouTube, whatever, compromise. But, um, but always make sure you have something in your parenting plan about 
how the phone calls are going to be handled and, and how the child and when the child is allowed to call you. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, along those lines, do you think you should add anything about like specific age? Like, you know, so say I don't think my daughter should have a phone until she's you know 12 or whatever, but mm-hmm. the other house thinks, Oh, you know, at eight years old, it's fine for her to have a phone. You know, is that something you guys should work out or in like in the actual decree or is that something? I that- don't think it's, it's one of those things where like you have to take that problem when it comes. Like I was always of the belief that I didn't want my daughter to have a phone until she was a teenager, but no. she's going to be eight. And she's a lot more independent now and going to sleepovers. And I'm like, you know what? I'm happy I didn't lay the law down with that because I might, (laughs) you know, you don't don't know what's coming down the pipeline. So I don't know that that's necessarily something you you have so much to argue over and negotiate on in your parenting plan that (laughs) are like real issues. I don't know that this necessarily needs to be one of them. And when I talk about approaching your parenting plan, I always talk about having a tiered approach. Tier one are the non-negotiables. And that's going to be what you want your schedule to be, um, how you want uh, finances handled for the children. Those are going to be like the big ticket items. And then you have tier two, which is like, I want it, but I would negotiate it for something in tier one. Tier three is like, whatever, if I have extra money and time to fight, that's where you'd put the technology (laughs) thing, I think. Yeah, that's smart. I I like those tiers. Um, you know, figure out what is like non-negotiable and then kind of go from there. And then you yeah. some leeway. Yeah. I mean, we all go in there with like lists in our mind of how we want these parenting plans to look. And we then have to deal with somebody who might have something completely different. So you really just have to come together on the larger issues. Yeah. Um, and I think we've I feel like we've already kind of addressed this question a little bit, but if you have any more to add, um, if you aren't on the same page, how can you help your child navigate technology? Um, if you so, aren't on the same page, bit, but, yeah. yeah. And it's not just with technology, you know, in the first couple of years of co-parenting, the child is going to notice that things are very different in both homes. And, you know, one parent might be saying, oh, your mom does that. Well, that's stupid. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and so this is where you, ch- your, you teach your child to have a greater sense of responsibility. And you teach them about critical thinking. Like daddy might let me sit all day on the iPad, but is that what I really like to do? Are there other things that are better for me? And this is where you teach them to be responsible and you can't control their every move and it sucks. And, and, you know, your mommy, your mommy heart is like, because you just want to like be able to, but this is where you teach them, you know, to, to make good choices. Like we send our kids out into the world one day and we're like, please don't mess this up, you know, but it's on them. And so I think that's, that's how you handle it. You know, and unrelated, I totally am on board with this. Like, I think that personal responsibility is something that kids really just aren't even learning today. And they, you know, so everything is somebody else's fault and this fault and this fault. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like, what did you do to like cause the situation and to have these like conversations like, hey, you know, you need to take some personal responsibility for yeah. your time spent. And I love that so much because I think that's something that's getting lost today. For sure. And I think another way to start helping your child, if you're a co-parent, um, gain some sense of responsibility and autonomy over their lives in both homes is if they want to take something from your house to the other parent's house and you're like, Ugh, I don't want that to get stuck there or stay there. I don't, I, what if I never see it again? 
put it, yeah. you know, put, put the child up to the test. Hey, listen, you know that I really like to have this in our home, but if it's going to make you feel more comfortable to have it at daddy's, take it with you. But listen, mm-hmm. bring it back because once it's there, it can't go back and forth without, you know, you being the vehicle for that. So giving them a little responsibility, responsibility is okay too. Yeah. I love that. Um, but so speaking of taking things from your house to the other house, like what rules are you allowed to set for technology that the other parent purchased? And actually this is a question we got on, um, the two. So, you know, if I give a phone to my child, is it true? Their father isn't allowed to take it away. So it kind of, I mean, he's not allowed to take it away forever, but if you give your child a phone, and the other parent is like, well, you know, we don't do screen time here all day, or I don't want the phone at the dinner table. That parent has every right to say, put your phone away or give it to me until there's an appropriate time. If the father or the other parent is using, you know, taking the phone away as a way to keep communication cut off between mother and child, then that's another issue. And that's again, why you want to put that in the parenting plan. Awesome. Um, so uh, kind of along those lines too is GPS tracking. So what kind of rules or pitfalls can happen with apps that include GPS tracking? So if I put a parental control app on my kid and then they're at with the, you know, with my other parent and I'm allowed to track them on GPS and he doesn't like that. Like where do we draw the line this is there? A very, there? This is a very new thing. Um, yeah. My stepdaughter is going to be 16 and both her parents have that Life 360 app. And like at any given time of day, you know, I'll be like, oh, where's Jolie? And my husband's like, looks like she's at the beach down by so-and-so's yeah. house, you know, because he looks on right. the app. Um, I think this is a very personal issue and it's going to be specific to each individual co-parenting relationship. Um, yeah. You know, if you're using it as a means to like keep tabs on what the other parent is doing, you're not using it in the right way. That'll drive you crazy. You know, if yeah. that, if you're watching and then you're like, hey, why are you at the movies? Like, I wanted to take them to the movies. That's yeah. invasive and that's really unfair. If you have a teenager, though, who is already driving a vehicle, vehicle or constantly going from house to house or place to place, then it's understandable if both parents want to use that. But I think that yeah. that becomes a personal conversation. Yeah. Is there anything that you can do? Like, so say... Um, you know, a younger kid, but 16 year olds, I totally agree. I mean, my 16 year old is driving and, you know, I, I track her on the way to school sometimes and everything, but and so I, I would have a really hard time if I had a co-parent and that wouldn't let me have access to that yes. But for like somebody younger and like, I just don't feel like they should know where I am all the time. Like, they is shouldn't. it okay to turn off GPS or like what? So long as your agreement doesn't have it spelled out where the other parent gets to like track your every move, which I don't think anybody would agree to anyway. (laughs) The judge is like, yes, that sounds like a great. Yes. (laughs) Right. Like then you might as well stay married. Um, But if it doesn't say otherwise in your parenting plan, you can do whatever you want. You know, when you sign that parenting plan, there is a, there is a line in there that basically says by signing this, I, I attest to the fact that I'm giving the other parent permission to do as they please, because I trust that they're going to do everything in the child's best interest. And, you know, that's, that's what we have to live by. Even if we don't always feel it all the time, you know, it's hard. Yeah. I get it. I, you know, I'm, I'm in this five and a half years that I'm co-parenting and the beginning is very hard. You're learning yeah. to trust a relationship in a new way after trust was broken 
in a personal way sometimes. So give yourself a little grace, learn to take things (laughs) as they come. Stop what ifing because I what if until I drove myself nuts and just focus on what is each and every time your child is with the other parent. I love that quote. Like, don't focus on what if, focus on what is. I love that. That's a really great quote. Um, I hope that's in your book because that's a great. um, So what about blended families? Um, So you Mm -hmm. have a blended family. How can parents navigate different sets of rules for different kids? You know, like my kid has these rules and his kids have these rules for technology. Like what? Yeah. How do you manage that? That's hard. I don't know. When I figure it out, I'll let you know. No, I'm just kidding. So my daughter's a lot younger than my stepdaughter. So, you know, the only disparity is she gets to stay up much later than my little one because my little one is seven and and my 15-year-old is first going out when the little one's going to sleep. But, you know, we're very, like, if it comes to technology, there's no phones or iPads at the dinner table. That's right. That's number one. And if we're doing something as a family together, if, like we go on an outing, we ask the older one to just like get off her phone. Um, but in terms of general discipline, it's very, you know, our kids are so far apart in age that it's like, sure. you know, we're telling one not to try drugs and alcohol while we're telling the <laughs> other one not not to color on the marble countertop. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, But I think if you want to have a harmonious blended family in terms of discipline, you and your partner have to get on the same page and it should never feel like you're favoring your own child over your partner's child because that's the quickest way to build resentment in a blended family situation. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like kind of what we touched on earlier today um, also is that like this is my house and these are the technology technology rules in my mm-hmm. house. They might be different at your dad's house or at your mom's house, but these are the rules here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of fixes that situation where, you know, say this kid has a cell phone at 12 when you weren't going to give your kids a cell phone until they were 13, right? you know, and like, okay, well, the rules here are different. So, right. you know, and that's when you well, can say that, you know, your stepsister's other p- parents together decided that that's what's best for her. In yeah. this house, though, you know, we have different rules. You have to remember that your stepchild, your stepsister lives in a different home 50% of the time, and that's what's okay for her mommy. So, you know, I mean, it's okay that children hear the word no, even if it feels a little bit unfair to them. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, we've got another quick question. Um, what advice do you have if you still live with your spouse but disagree greatly on time kids are on devices? That's, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I, um, That's when you buy the mom's moving about on it. and get a divorce. No, I'm just kidding. No. no, I would just say, look, it's so common for happily married people to have different opinions about the kids. Like that's, you know, not everybody's going to be on the same page all the time, but I think that becomes an issue that you have as adults behind closed doors, not, you know, Joey, get off your iPad. And the other person is like, Oh, let him stay on. Like, that's what you don't want to have. Um, right. You know, I think you have to find a way to get on the same page and, and ask your partner with, with genuine curiosity and empathy, like, why do you have these feelings about the iPad or the technology if it's negative and try to hear them out and try to come up with a compromise? You know, a lot of times our thoughts about things are rooted in fears or belief systems that may not apply. So if you 
make it a conversation, I think you can get a lot further in the fight over yeah. technology. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. Um, so are there anything, other pitfalls, you know, like I said, I, this is my, is it my experience when I, when my parents were getting divorced, there was no technology. Um, so what other pitfalls have you seen in trying to parent technology with a co-parent? Something that I've seen, and this is very unique and doesn't happen often, but a lot of these video games that kids play now, like Fortnite or whatever, you can have chats with people. And right. so I saw a situation in which the the clients that I was working with, her ex would play, she didn't know, but was on Fortnite too, sending messages to the child oh and asking the child, like, you know, tell your mom you want to leave or like saying all these things that were not healthy. So that's, yeah. and that's like, like what a problem in the modern age, you know, like that's not something anybody hey. could have anticipated. So there's a lot of that. Um, again, that like coercive control, like that parent trying to be mm -hmm. a part of what the child is doing. And one might argue like, oh, it's our game together. It's fun. But when it right. treads on toxic or unhealthy or um, crosses all sorts of lines, you want to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Wow. That totally makes sense. Cause there's a lot of chat, you know, even Roblox for really younger, yeah. young kids, you know, they could hop on there and start talking to the child and that might not even be monitored. So yeah. that, um, yeah, that's a huge pitfall. I can totally yeah. see happening. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. Any other, um, thoughts or advice you've got for people trying to navigate their way through this? I mean, all I can say is just take it one day at a time. Um, find a way to compromise with the other parent. If one of you is so against technology and the other one isn't, maybe try to meet each other in the middle and make it so that the child is using technology in a more productive way. There are so many great apps and um, educational tools that don't feel like learning. They feel like fun mm -hmm. for kids. So, you know, the best you could do is take it as it comes and, and try to compromise. Yeah. Well, that just kind of makes me think too. Sorry. I, I'm going to add to the questions here. Um, but if you are butting heads like that much about something, um, is there any like legal recourse that they can like, you know, if you're just at an impasse, you're like, okay, I think they should be able to have a phone. You don't think they should be able to have a phone. Like what is the solution? Um, if, in that moment, you may have to call your attorney if it's that, you know, that ugly and, and nobody can come right. to an agreement. Um, I would hate to see anybody have to spend money on that, but yeah. children at a certain age, I think in, in today's day and age should have access to a phone for their own safety, if nothing more. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I yeah. love technology. My kids have had access to technology forever. So I'm a huge fan of technology, but, um, but yeah, there's people out there who like are adamant against it. They don't think, you know, they should have access to any of that. And I can't imagine trying to like work out with somebody like that, where you both have control really in the time frame that you have the child. Yeah. So, it's, it's yeah. hard. And listen, again, it, it goes back to that coercive control and co-parenting and, and knowing, you know, your core values for parenting and what's important to you and not letting the other person come in and try and change that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then, sorry, I keep thinking of questions as I'm like sitting here with you. So I apologize for keeping you a little longer. Okay. Um, 
But as we were talking, I just thought of as you're talking to your child and trying to help them get that responsibility, where do you think it would cross the line into like, um, like I said, I've just thought of it. And so I'm like trying to formulate the question as I'm thinking um, about they need to take personal responsibility, but at what point are you not putting your issues on them? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't think you're putting your issues onto the child by saying like, you know, mommy bought you this phone. So make sure it doesn't get lost at daddy's house. It's, it's, you don't want to make them responsible for all every last item, you know, like that t-shirt I paid for last year. You don't want to do that. But big ticket items like a laptop that a child might need for school or a phone that they have for whatever reason. I think it's very okay for them to, for you to say like, look, you earned this laptop for a birthday or for your confirmation or your bar mitzvah that you know this was an expensive item so you have to use it responsibly i don't think that's putting your issues on them at all that totally makes sense thanks i'm like i'm like i just thought of this and i'm trying to like figure out yeah no i mean if it becomes like i paid for that thing because your dad doesn't give me any money and blah 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 blah, then that's putting your issues on them but it's very different than saying take good care of your things because i know that's something my daughter is not good at is taking good care of her things. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's I like a like... new pair of shoes and she comes home and <laughs> there's highlighter all over them because she wanted to color them at school, you know, like right. there's a conversation to be had there. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else um, as we wrap up here that do you wanted to Yeah, I mean, before? if you are struggling with, you know, co-parenting parameters in general, I would say just check out my book. It really for will sure. open your eyes to a lot of things and help take down some of those battles you you thought you wanted to fight and give you a different perspective. Yeah, I've linked her book right here in the description on YouTube. So make sure you go ahead and click that link. It'll take you to Amazon. You can buy that book um, right there. So, um, and I've also linked your website in the description of this video as well. So thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. This was so great. A lot of things that I hadn't thought of before. And, you know, I'm really grateful that you took the time to share what you know uh, with my audience. So I really appreciate it. It's a conversation that I haven't had yet. And so I'm happy we had it. I'm excited to get this out there for people. I think it'll be really helpful. I I, I agree. I think it's going to be very helpful. So thank you so much again, Michelle. We'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. Mm -hmm.